the Knowledge from the Couch podcast. It's knowledge you could definitely live without. But hey, it's still fun to learn something new and weird, right? Thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome into Knowledge from the Couch. My name is Kyle, and I'll be your host for this episode. Uh, ho- hopefully, I'm host for every single episode of my own podcast. But I wouldn't, you know, hold it against myself to actually maybe run out there and find somebody who's better at uh, hosting my own show than I am. But until we find that dude, you are stuck with me. Um, this is the pilot episode of the podcast. We're going to be talking a little bit about the one and only Theodore Roosevelt. A little bit later on in the show, uh, Teddy's a super interesting, weird guy who's done a lot of cool stuff and a lot of maybe questionable stuff, and he's basically an American hero, and I just thought we'd you know talk for maybe five, ten minutes about how you know insane the dude was, kind of the interesting stuff that he did, but before we run into all of that, I should explain you know who I am a little bit, why this podcast exists. And so on. You're probably not going to get great answers to either one, but hey, at least we'll have a little foundation laid down for it. Uh, Like I said at the top, I'm Kyle. I hold a degree in history that I acquired from the University of Nebraska in 2008. So I've always kind of been a student of history. I've always loved um, American history, especially. So you're going to get a lot of episodes of this podcast that deal with... uh, historical figures usually the more interesting ones um this one's on teddy roosevelt i've got episodes planned for george washington alexander hamilton uh a way throwback genghis khan uh i have you know other ideas as well um but i really love the personalities in history both good and bad we might talk about uh christopher columbus at some point as well so but that's not the entire purpose of this podcast. That's not going to be all that we talk about. We're also going to look at um, maybe just historical things in general, things that happened, uh, events that transpired. We might look at different whole cultures and what they were into. We might look at giant spans of time and the the interesting stuff that happened. We, mu- we might look at different uh, occupations in history and see how those are interesting. And it may not even all be historical. I think I'm going to lean pretty hard on the history part. Uh, and make no mistake, this is not Dan Carlin's podcast, Hardcore History. Shout out to Dan. That's an amazing show. He just released an episode uh, a little bit ago, and it's always an insane deal when he does one because they're like four hours long and insanely well-researched, insanely well done. This is not going to be anywhere near as serious or near probably as good as Dan Carlin's podcast. The purpose of this show um, was I wanted to make a show that was just a real simple thing that you could just kind of pick up and download, you know, listen to it on your commute either to or from your work or maybe both if you have a particularly long commute. I don't plan on the show being any longer than maybe 20, 30 minutes tops, um, maybe even shorter than that. Just something, you know, fun to do, something that you can listen to 
and say, oh, yeah, oh, interesting, yeah, learn something new that I can share with, like, one person that I know, and they'll probably give me a little bit of a, oh, yeah, yeah, and that'll be it. So, you know, if that's in, if that's in your wheelhouse, then you found the right show. So um, besides that, I, I don't know if I should really ramble on too much longer before we really get into it. Um, but like I said, this is going to be kind of the the way it's going to go. I'll, I'll probably just talk a little bit on the top, give you a little intro. Uh, obviously, this intro is more about what the podcast is about and who I am. But we might just talk a little bit about just, you know, stuff that's going on. Maybe I'll lay a little foundation uh, for what we're going to be talking about before we actually start talking about it. And we'll just kind of go from there. Like I said, it's a real laid back podcast, uh, as you can probably tell by the amount of us and hmms that I'm saying that I'm not a really not a really seasoned veteran for voiceover work, but you know, it's still fun to me. It's still fun to do. So uh I'd say that's a pretty decent intro. I think everybody's pretty well caught up. So without further ado, let's talk a little bit about Theodore Roosevelt. So, Teddy Roosevelt, what is there to say about this guy that hasn't already been said? Well, you're probably not going to find that on this particular podcast, but in a couple minutes here, we're going to get to the real juicy, fun, you know, weird stuff that he was into. Before, though, let's just lay a little bit of groundwork on the guy. Obviously, hugely popular, hugely famous, face in Mount Rushmore, um, speak softly, carry a big stick. That was this guy. Um, You know, the guy who is the inspiration for the teddy bear is Theodore Roosevelt. So, you know, very, very popular dude, very well known in uh, the American zeitgeist, but he started with pretty modest means. He was born in, in New York state in 1858. And it's, it's so fun to contrast, you know, how he was as a child, as opposed to, you know, the, the, the insane behemoth that he grew up to be as a kid. He was just this real sickly, you know, asthmatic, you know, a kid, you know, real like, you know, back in the day when you would have like 50 children because you knew like 40 of them were going to die and, and hopefully you have enough to continue to propagate your line. Like this dude was so sickly that if he was born in uh, 300 times, like he was over with uh, Leonidas and Sparta, they would just like kick this dude off a cliff. But fortunately for us, uh, he was born in the United States in 1858. So instead of being kicked off a cliff, he was allowed to grow up and become like a super badass. Awesome for us. Awesome for us. He eventually grows out of that asthma and actually adopts exercise as a means to sort of push himself out of that. And it really drives the way he acts as he's going forward in life, as he's doing what he's doing as an early politician, as president of the United States and so on. He's very much driven by this sort of this sort of thing where he was being pushed against as a child he was up against it, and he got through it with hard work and determination, and he did everything like that after that was all said and done. So it's really cool uh, a characterization of the guy that he was really, you know, pretty much a self-made guy. Like, he would, he would always attack challenges that he wanted to attack and really get it done. So anyway, he gets past this stage of this crazy asthma. He's, he's growing up. 
he has two major interests that that drive him one is history of the military in which he was for some weird reason was hugely into the war of 1812 of all wars it's like if somebody today was like you know what i think my favorite war was like the korean war of like 20th century wars and it's like yeah but you had like world war one two and vietnam to choose from but you chose korea okay that's kind of what it was but either way he was super duper into it he he wrote a book about it that actually is still used today in military academies. It was so well written by him. So and that also actually spurred him being involved with the Navy because Theodore Roosevelt would eventually become the uh, Secretary of the Navy, and this would also influence him during his presidency. His other huge interest that he was into was conservation, and another weird thing that he did to get into conservation was he saw like he saw a dead seal on the beach. And what guy's like, oh, dead seal, cool. I guess I want to learn how to be a conservationist because I saw this dead seal. He gets the seal. He learns taxidermy because that's what you do when when you find a dead seal. You just decide to learn, you know, how to stuff animals. But in the end, it, it, it really drove him to sort of respect nature. He was a hunter. He was a very prolific hunter. But he was never the type of hunter that was, like, going to go after you know, the, the weak animal or something for no reason. Like he was definitely a guy who respected nature so much so that we can completely and utterly owe our, our national park system to Theodore Roosevelt. If you love going to say Zion national park or Yosemite or Yellowstone or any other national park that I can name off the top of my head, and there are tons of them, then you owe Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, thank you for making that happen for you. So, Getting into the, the, the nitty-gritty, Theodore Roosevelt becomes president of the United States when he is 42 years old. He becomes president of the United States because William McKinley was president at the time of Theodore Roosevelt being vice president. And uh, McKinley wasn't a hugely popular guy, uh, so much so that some guy decided to shoot him and kill him. So Theodore Roosevelt becomes president by way of assassination. He becomes president at age 42, which is the youngest guy to ever take the office. Still is the youngest guy to ever take the office. Uh, JFK was 43. Uh, Bill Clinton was 46, if I remember correctly. And uh, uh, Our boy Barack Obama, I think, was 47. So all pretty young guys to take the presidency. By far the youngest, though, Theodore Roosevelt, 42 years old. And, by the way, the first guy not only to take the presidency that young, but to take the presidency by way of an assassination and... The next cycle of election wins the election on his own. So not a bigger badass than that. Literally get the presidency thrown into your lap when you weren't expecting it. And then being so freaking good at it that they're like, yeah, you can be president again. Awesome. So much so that he also, after he was done being president, does his Theodore Roosevelt stuff afterwards, gets pissed off and goes, oh, I'm going to be president again. And then runs as uh, as a candidate in the Bull Moose Party. So... The guy just, like, could not stop just trying to run shit. This guy was just, like, so into being the boss that he just couldn't not be the boss. So it's just the coolest, one of the coolest characteristics of this guy. All right, so let's let's finish talking about Theodore Roosevelt by sort of looking at some of the, the stuff that he really did accomplish, some of the crazy stuff that he got done. And it's going to be crazy because you're going to see that a ton of stuff that has a huge impact on uh, modern life 
is because of things that Theodore Roosevelt did while he was uh, either before he was president or during his presidency um, and even afterward as well. I think, though, the, the, the craziest one, the weirdest one we have to talk about is how he, how he made up the Rough Riders Regiment to go fight in the Spanish-American War. I mean, what dude, what anybody is like, you know what, I'm living a pretty comfy life. Uh, I'm not getting shot at or killed. Uh, I think I want to go try to get shot at and killed, though, because it's the badass manly thing to do. I mean, that's like that's TR in a nutshell. Just so bored with writing books. And by the way, by the way, TR, Teddy Roosevelt, that's what I call him, we're friends, TR, was a prolific writer. The dude wrote 35 books. 35 books? I don't know if I've read 35 books in my life. Just kidding. Hopefully hopefully you think I've read more than 35 books to be an authority on anything. But still, he wrote 35 books. He wrote like 150,000 letters. The guy was a crazy writer. He was so, so good at that. But even then, there was something deep down in him that made him just want to fight. This guy would just absolutely square up on somebody in a bar. Just fight, shoot somebody. This is the kind of guy he was. So, Theodore Roosevelt... He was, uh, at this point, uh, right before the Spanish-American War, he was the Assistant Secretary of the Navy. I think I said that he was the Secretary of the Navy uh, earlier in the podcast. I apologize. He was the Assistant Secretary of the Navy. So in uh, 1898, the USS Maine blows up. A bunch of journalists blame uh, the Spanish, the Spain-Spanish for it, even though it was almost certainly not their fault. But hey, you know, in the era of fake news... You want to talk about fake news. Fake news is pretty hardcore back in the uh, late 19th, early 20th century when people just published whatever the hell they felt like. And it was like, well, I guess you believe it because if you can read, then you just believe this. But anyhow, it throws the United States and Spain into this war. And Theodore Roosevelt, being the dude he wanted to be, uh, being the guy he was, wanting to fight everybody, decided he was going to raise up his own voluntary uh, regiment which we call the Rough Riders, and he just literally took a bunch of dudes. Like, he went, he resigned his post in, as Assistant Secretary of the Navy, went down to Texas, rounded up a bunch of bunch of hee-haws, a bunch of dudes, uh, got him a bunch of guns and a horse, which he got to ride on, of course, the horse, and he just led these guys on training exercises for a while until he felt like they were ready, and then they rode on over to a boat and sailed on over to Cuba and then went and fought a bunch of Spanish soldiers because why not, right? Why not? He eventually, uh, his most famous thing he did was to lead the charge on Kettle Hill where he and him, being on the only horse, rides up and down the hill trying to urge his men uh, to fight this really entrenched uh, Spanish uh, regiment themselves and they actually end up winning. So, the craziest part about this is it was completely voluntary and not part of the uh, the regulars, so to speak. So he wasn't even actually really a part of the United States uh, military, even though he had served as a guardsman uh, a little bit earlier. But anyway, nobody really cared. It was like, ah, whatever. This crazy guy is just going to run around on his horse and yell at these guys to shoot people. I guess we're fine with it. So, you know, classic Teddy, right? Classic Teddy. But Teddy, he wasn't all likes to fight guy. He wasn't all just a dude who wanted to get in a brawl with people or fight with people. That definitely was part of his personality. He was definitely a super strong-willed type A 
kind of guy. He was a guy who wanted to get done what he wanted to get done, and he really didn't care what he had to do to do it. Um, so he's a guy known for taking his regimen, charging up uh, Kettle Hill, also known as San Juan Hill, uh, more famously, uh, during the Spanish-American War. And then later on in 1906, so this is about eight years later, seven, eight years later, he wins Nobel Prize, Nobel Peace Prize. So a guy who likes to fight and be in war is also this excellent uh, diplomat. He wins the uh, Nobel Peace Prize for um, for mediating peace in the uh, Russo-Japanese War, um, particularly the Treaty of uh, Portsmouth. Uh, he was the first American, also, by the way, being a badass, the first American to win the Nobel Peace Prize. So pretty insane when it comes to thinking of the, the contrast between this uh, this sort of war guy and then this peace guy. Um, in addition, he was also the first sitting American president to actually leave the United States while he was still president. Plenty of our previous presidents had either been abroad during you know any time that they would have been spending time um, like with a foreign power, like a lot of the founding fathers, uh, Washington, Adams, Jefferson, those type of guys. Uh, would spend a lot of time abroad uh, during various duties, but none of them actually spent time abroad while they were president of the United States. Teddy Roosevelt was the first one to actually leave the the country during his presidency, and he left the country because he had to go do another badass thing, which was go kickstart the uh, Panama Canal being done. Oh, yeah, that whole thing. Before, sailors would have to sail all the way around the tip of South America to go to the Pacific Ocean through the Strait of Magellan, named after a, uh, a dude who tried to circumnavigate the globe. Didn't quite make it, but, you know, at least made it through that part, so you gotta, you gotta name that after yourself. Sailors would have to go, like, let's say sailors from Europe or Africa, would have to go across the Atlantic Ocean, all the way down to coast of South America, go through the Strait of Magellan, which is a, a perilous journey to say the least, pop out over on the Pacific Ocean side, and then sail, you know, all the way the hell to where they had to sail, whether it be Japan or one of the other Southeast Asian countries, or, or any other place that you're going to be shipping your, your merchandise. So the Panama Canal was a, a fantastic idea where we could just basically split it in half, go straight through um, without having to go th- around an entire continent, and, and you know make shipping way, way more profitable. Now, originally, the Panama Canal was a, a French project, um, but it was stalled really badly, mostly because the, the construction was a lot more difficult than anybody thought it was going to be. Uh, and malaria and yellow fever ran rampant down there um, in a subtropical climate full of mosquitoes. So Teddy Roosevelt took it upon himself to uh, purchase the rights uh, of construction of the Panama Canal from the French for $40 billion dollars. And he set about getting the entire thing done. He sent surgeons and uh, other sanitation officers down there to try to figure out the malaria and yellow fever problem. And eventually they did. And the canal, which is a a complete and utter wonder of modern engineering, it, it was allowed to be built because Teddy Roosevelt thought it was the right thing to do, that you should just grab a bunch of money, throw it at the people who couldn't get it done, and then just get it done yourself. And to just sort of wrap things up with Teddy Roosevelt and how much of a complete and utter badass the guy was. Um, 
two weird things happened to him. One during his presidency. I wouldn't say happened to him, more like a thing he did. And then one thing did happen to him after he was president um, that we need to talk about super duper quick. Uh, one thing people don't really know about Teddy is he was blind in one eye. Why was he blind in one eye, you ask? Well, because, you know, as presidents do, he decided to uh, box in the White House. You know, just got to fight. Got to fight a dude. Time to box now. And he would just box guys in the White House while he was president. What the fuck? Who does that? Who's like, hey, hey, man. Hey, man, I'm president of the United States. Oh, nice to meet you, Mr. President. It's, it's an honor to meet you. Hey, dude, let's fight. Okay. And, you know, boxing eventually had him lose the sight in one of his eyes because that's what you do. It eventually led to him taking up a, a little bit less fighty, punchy sport. Uh, he took up jiu-jitsu. Uh, as a grappling sport after boxing led to him being blind in one eye. But it's still crazy to think about that a president would just fight people in the White House. That was the guy that Teddy Roosevelt was. And also, it was a it was a different era. So, you know, after he gets done being president, um, he, he does a, a variety of things. But eventually, being the guy he was, couldn't not be president, decided to run again. Um, while he was campaigning in uh, the 1912 presidential race, some dude had the audacity to try to kill this guy. You can't kill him. You can't do it. Some guy came up to him to assassinate him and shot him point blank right in the chest. You know what happened? TR didn't die. Of course he didn't die. He, um, where he was shot, hit a, a, a giant, thick 50-page uh, book that he was holding for his speech that he was about to go do before this dude uh, had the guile to shoot him right in the chest. Uh, Roosevelt was actually um, quoted as saying that because he wasn't coughing blood up, uh, the bullet didn't reach his lungs, and that he was good to go. So instead of going to the hospital like any sane, regular person would do, he went and did his speech anyway. Badass. Dude gets shot in the chest, says, just shakes it off, and then just goes and does the speech he was going to do anyhow. Pretty, pretty insane. Um, it sort of leads to um, his eventual death, because obviously we all have to die eventually. Um, Teddy Roosevelt died in 1919. Uh, he was 60 years old. He died um, after having some breathing trouble, um, but then he was fine after being treated at the doctor's goes to bed. Um, turns out he had a, a deep vein thrombosis, or DVT, uh, in the medical community, which is a clot that is uh, in your venous system, somewhere, usually somewhere in your lower body. Uh, that clot detached that night and made, made its way up to his lungs and uh, ended up killing him while he was sleeping. And um, it was famously quoted by uh, Thomas Marshall, who at that point was uh, Woodrow Wilson's vice president. He was quoted in saying, quote, Death had to take Roosevelt sleeping, for if he had been awake, there would have been a fight, end quote. That's just a pretty insane thing that your reputation up to that point in your life was that you were basically unkillable. And he really showed it in a lot of the things he did. So, yeah, that's Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, real quick before we wrap up, your non-sequitur fun fact of the day. Do you know that the nation of Saudi Arabia actually imports camels, imports camels 
from Australia, of all places. Yeah, yeah, true story. Hey guys, we made it. We made it to the very end of the first episode of this podcast. Thank you so, so much for listening. It has been a ton of fun just researching and recording and basically looking at my computer screen and talking to myself like a fucking weirdo for uh, the better part of like two hours to make this, you know, 20 minute podcast. It has been an absolute blast. I'm totally 100% honest about that. If you'd like to contact the show, uh, you can email us at knowledgecouch at gmail.com. If you got suggestions about the show, um, if you got ideas you want me to do, if you just want to tell me I fucking suck, we can do all that stuff. You can personally tell me all that stuff at Kyle Steinhauser on Twitter. Um, go look at my stupid pictures at Kyle F. Steinhauser. The F is for Francis uh, on Instagram, or you can find me on Facebook too. Um, I would be super duper appreciative also if you guys would rate us wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, Apple Podcast, formerly known as iTunes. They might still call it iTunes. I don't remember. You can rate us there. You can find us on Stitcher. Um, and I should also be able to upload this to YouTube as well. So wherever you're getting your podcast from, wherever you're listening to my sultry, sultry tone, please, please let me know how we're doing. Please rate us. And thank you. Honestly, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>